Welcome to the DY Media One podcast, recorded by the media program at Dennis Yarmouth Regional High School. In these shows, we will discuss news and issues addressed to the DY School District and the communities of Dennis and Yarmouth. Welcome back to the Conspiracy Team podcast. My name is Bryn Hutton. I'm joined with Jaden Frazee and special guest star Deirdre Wallace. Today we're going to be covering the Watcher House conspiracy, so I'm going to turn it over to Jaden to introduce the theory. So, the main premise of this theory is that there's a small family of some adults and some kids, and they simply want to move into a bigger house for the growing family. Since they have a little extra money, they can afford it, and that's what they wish to do. However, one unfortunate morning, they come to their mailbox, and there's an odd letter in there from a writer called The Watcher. Ooh, spooky. The Watcher basically goes on to explain that this house has been in his family for 110 years. He says that his grandfather originally watched over the house and that it was his father, and now it's his turn uh, to watch over this property. Yeah, I find it most odd that they never the, the Watcher family, they didn't even own the home at any point. They yeah, they simply, never... They didn't? They, they never once owned the home. They simply came upon it, and I want to know the thought process behind that. What... Yeah. what gave way to make that happen yeah. was it like they didn't they didn't correctly buy it was another family's right. bid too high so i want to know how it started because the watcher also some of these notes he goes on to say that he's noticed that the family has three children so the watcher notices that this family has three young children and one Excerpt from a note read, Do you need to fill the house with the young blood I requested? Better for me. Was your old house too small for the growing family, or was it greed to bring me your children? Once I know their names, I will call to them and draw them to me. So, Mm-mm. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so this yeah. interest in children, this already is going down it's, a bad road. His grandpa was just a weirdo, and then he normalized it to his son and then his grandson. And yeah. They just think yeah. it's like a tradition. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, so the first part of the note that kind of sets up the mystery of this house and what its backstory is, is the one... The first note says, 657 Boulevard has been the subject of my family for decades now, and as it approaches its 110th birthday, I have been put in charge of watching and waiting for its second coming. My grandfather watched the house in the 1920s, and my father watched it in the 1960s. It is now my time. Do you know the history of the house? Do you know what lies within the walls of 657 Boulevard? Why are you here? I will find out. Just have a place to live, man. <laughs> it's even creepier as he's so obsessed with this house. He's so it? obsessed it's with it. to the point even the when they... The whole family. I yeah. want to know the history. It's to the yeah. point even when they were doing renovations, he would comment on, on... he's making the house unhappy. Yeah. He's bringing so... character to the house, and that is yeah. a problem. Yes. What we didn't mention was before they officially moved in. Now, they never even officially moved into the house. Oh, really? They bought the house, but they had to go through a series of renovations to just kind of get it to a state where they could actually live in it yeah, and just make it nice and kind of make it their dream home. Mm-hmm. 
And the watcher, yeah, the watcher comments on that throughout these letters. um, And it was a series of three letters in total that they sent. Mm -hmm. So it stops at some point? They move out. Oh. (laughs) Yeah. They, like I said, they never even moved in. They moved out before they moved in. Oh God! Yeah, it was it's so convoluted and crazy. Mm-hmm. They 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 couldn't even move in due to fear, and they ended right. up moving in with uh, I believe the parents of either the wife or the mm-hmm. father. Yeah, with Maria's parents. Yeah. So one note also says six fifty seven Boulevard is anxious for you to move in. It has been years and years since the young blood ruled the hallways of the house. Have you found all the secrets secrets it holds yet? All of the windows and doors in 657 Boulevard allow me to watch you and track you as you move through the house. I pass by many times a day. 657 Boulevard is my job, my life, my obsession. (laughs) And then it goes on again and says, I will rise again. I will be patient and wait for this to pass and for you to bring the young blood back to me. 657 needs young blood. This whole time he emphasizes the fact that the house needs young blood and just the watcher's obsession with children Mm -mm. which is what makes this so unsettling i remember seeing a note that says will they sleep in the attic or will you all sleep on on the the second second floor floor. yeah that was the bedrooms facing the street i'll know as soon as you move in it'll help me to know who is in which bedroom then i can plan better so yeah. he's essentially saying, I'm going to do something. Right. Did they ever contact the police about this? Yeah, they oh, do they later did. on. <laughs> yeah. Um, and another part says, all of the windows and doors in 657 Boulevard allow me to watch you and track you as you move through the house. Who am I? I am the watcher and have been in control of 657 Boulevard for the better part of two decades. The Woods family turned it over to you. It was their time to move on and kindly sold it when I asked them to. And this kind of sets up the premise of what was going on with the pre- with the previous owners. Right. Because Maybe they didn't have enough young blood. <laughs> <laughs> this was never mentioned to Derek and Maria when they purchased the house. Mm. So they even... Well, the people probably wanted to sell it. Yeah. So why would they mention that there's a right. watcher? Right. <laughs> And so the Broadus family actually attempted to sue the previous owners, um, John and Andrea Woods, in 2015 on grounds of fraudulent concealment, intentional neglect, infliction of emotional distress, and other issues regarding the sale of the property. The case ended up being dismissed. But basically the Woods family, you know, never said anything about this, but later came forward and said that they had received a note. They lived there for 23 years and said that they only received one note. Yes, it was near the end of their time living there. They claim that it was non-threatening. There was nothing too concerning, per se. They just found it odd, and they just discarded it and just disregarded the note. Maybe they thought it was actually really threatening, and that's why they wanted to sell their house. Yeah. (laughs) But that's just what they claim in court. Because it's odd to me that the watcher says that the previous owners sold the house when he asked them to. Right. What does that 
mean? In my understanding, I think it could be a lie. Essentially, the Watcher is trying to play into he is a man of power. Right. He is a man of control. That's what... So that's what he's trying to invoke in this message. I agree. I think that's what I initially took it as was he's just trying to make them think that he has all this pull throughout the neighborhood and he controls what's in the house and trying to set it up as like it's your time now what if he just like really likes this house and like (laughs) wanted to buy it and made up all this stuff (laughs) and just never was able to does anyone live there now I believe it's going through a system of rents right now. So Hmm. the current owners are renting it off because they don't want to live there themselves. So I can't find the exact words that the watcher says in this note, but basically he goes on in one of these letters to ask about the children, and he says, will the children be playing in the basement? And he says, it's so far away from the rest of the house, no one would be able to hear them scream. Oh, my God. (laughs) So that's terrifying. Yeah. That's really, that's really terrifying. Yeah. Whether you're just a person or a parent, I'm pretty sure that would freak anybody out. It's so unsettling, and it's so creepy. So their neighbor, actually, the neighbor that lived at 633 Boulevard, also received a letter from the watcher. What? Around the same time as the Broadus family did. I couldn't find the exact... Yeah, the like, note. The exact note. Um, I don't think they really wanted to release that information, but that's interesting to see that the watcher was taking... So he's house-cheating. <laughs> Basically. Yeah. So eventually they ended up looking into this case. They contacted many people many of them neighbors, because that's what they would assume it would be. And one such idea was it could have been a contract worker during the renovations who was interested in the house. And a contract worker is one of the only people who would know the innards of the house and who the people are and the nicknames of the children, Mm -hmm. because they would be someone who's working closely with the family. Right. And that's an idea that was at first assumed to be a good, a good, a good one. Yeah, because there's one point where in the notes, the watcher starts referring to Maria and Derek as the Broadus family, mm-hmm. signaling that he now knows their last name. Ew. So it's been theorized that you know it could be one of the contractors, or the watcher could have heard one of the workers say the names, mm-hmm. and then. That's how we got it. Why didn't they get cameras? That's a good question. (laughs) (laughs) You'd think they would. It was also early into the move-in process, though. That is true. Because they weren't even they weren't even living in the house. They were staying elsewhere because they didn't want to be in there. And they were doing renovations, so they couldn't really be in the house too much. Mm. But I doubt they wanted to. So uh, another thing I find interesting is after trying to figure out if it was a possible construction worker, they went into the neighbors. One such neighbor was Peggy Langford, who owned the house just right next to 657. Though she was over 90 old, but she did care for a few of her adult children. Mm-hmm. So each was at least 60 years of age. What? Schmidt, yes, yeah, so there's adult living, adult ch- children, but it's... 
90 taking care of yeah they're thinking that could play into it so the family was a little bit eccentric but they didn't Mm -hmm. think it posed a major threat Mm -hmm. but one of the children michael was unemployed and wore a thick beard the Langfords had occupied their house since the roughly 60s. So with this new information, it made Derek, who's yeah. the purchaser, very much suspicious. Right. And I feel like I would be too. And that's interesting because the family not only contacted the local police, but they also contacted a private investigator and an ex-FBI profiler um, in te- in attempt to discover you know, the watcher's identity. And the profiler concluded that it was most likely someone in their 50s or 60s that lived nearby. But what's also interesting is that it was also later found out that the handwriting looks like it was most likely done by a woman. Which is why Peggy and her sons look like a pretty good suspect. And what I also find interesting is as they were going into these letters, I believe they got to do DNA tests. And now it's not perfect, but they said most likely the DNA would belong to that of a woman. Mm. Which is interesting. Because when you think of threatening people, you You, always assume a male. You always assume a man, yeah. That's what you assume, but this could be a female. Mm -hmm. plays into it very interestingly. Now, around when the first letter was poked marked, this was before the house actually went on the market. So this would mean that it almost certainly have to be a neighbor because they would, like a, maybe a neighbor that knew the family before because right. that's how they would know the house went on the market before it was even like confirmed yeah. to. Which that's what's interesting to me. Thinking about like the people in your neighborhood, you don't know what's happening in their house. Right. Yeah. Like you can, yeah, you see them when they leave their house or whatever and they walk out to do whatever. But when they're in there, you have no idea what's happening. You have no idea who you're living next to. Yeah, you, yeah. you see the friendly smiles and right, the waves the when waves. you go to the whale mailbox. Mm-hmm. And, but you never truly know who they are. You never really they know. You probably know who I am. I forget oh, to close sure. my blinds a lot. I'm sure they do. <laughs> yeah, I don't even have blinds in my house because they're redoing my house. Oh, great. Also so there's there's no furniture in most of the house mm. and no blinds. Cozy. So everyone can just see exactly what's going on. Good. Yeah, it's really nice. So you're not the watcher. Well. <laughs> I don't have time to write that many letters. But what I thought was really interesting was the watcher brings up that the owners, the new owners, don't know what lies in the house and what secrets the house holds. Yeah, I want to know. Like, do they have any, um, like, records of, like, who lived there and, like, what went on in that house? Do you ever find anything like that? I couldn't find anything about that. Mm-hmm. But there were no, like, immediate records showing up of, like, mm. a murder or anything right. suspicious like that. But it kind of points to a theory that the watcher has lived in this neighborhood for a while and either him, his father, his grandfather saw something happen in this house, saw what secrets it holds and what's behind the walls per se. And Mm. now he... They ever interrogate anyone? They did look into Peggy's son, Michael, for a time, but he denied any responsibility for it. 
So they and they couldn't keep on going at them since right. they had no really good case on it. They had so no. They just had solid to step evidence. back. Yeah, but it's yeah. interesting to think that this watcher could have seen something happen in this house. Could have seen, you know, whatever it may be, and then now just sees that house as that incident that went down, and it's gonna. He sees it as a pattern that's gonna continue. You know, maybe it happened to the pre. Something happened to whoever owned it before the woods, and then something similar happened to the woods, and now he thinks it's gonna happen to uh, the Broadduses. Something it, he mentions children a lot, which makes me think that he saw something happen involving the kids. Mm-hmm. Whether one of the kids died, one of the kids ran away, it was you know an abusive situation, whatever it may be. Maybe he uses, like, threatening tones to um, spare them. Yeah. Or at least what he thinks is sparing them. Right. Because that's what's interesting is, is he trying to warn them of something? Is he warning them for something he's going to do? Is he warning them for something someone else is going to do? Yeah. We don't know. Or she. Or she. Or she. (laughs) Or she. (laughs) It's Peggy. <laughs> Peggy's gonna get ya. <laughs> so another thing that makes this interesting is this does not seem like well he is a nutcase, but it doesn't yeah. seem like he's some crazy whacked right. out guy. He seems rather intelligent, mm-hmm. and the way these letters are written, they're good at conveying conveying a proper message. Yeah. So this isn't some nutcase on the street who's just freaking out. You know, this is yeah. a smart individual with an education and he's trying he's, to freak out a family clearly planned this out yeah so that that's one of the parts that gets me. yeah but the painter that the family hired to paint their house noticed that the couple behind 657 boulevard kept a pair of lawn chairs strangely close to the Broadus's property And line. facing it directly, too. Facing directly to the property. I would hate to just stare at my it, neighbor's house. Exactly. I pretend that I'm, like, in my own forest. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh, the painter uh, that noticed these chairs said that one day I was looking out the window and I saw this older guy sitting in one of the chairs. He wasn't facing his house. He was facing the Broadus's. Why are you sitting there looking at your neighbor's house? It's like so ominous, like, like flying a kite at night. Yeah, it's well, I see people flying kites at night all the time. Okay, maybe all the time. Okay, not all the time. <laughs> Fair, very regular yeah. activity. Yeah, actually, you're defending the <laughs> night kites. Well, that's something I saw multiple times. One of the times I went to Atlantic City, I was on the beach at like nine o'clock at night. And there were... Okay, well, that's Atlantic City. Those people can be themselves. (laughs) They were out there flying a kite. Atlantis. I saw it happen multiple times, too. Okay, It just depends on when it's been. I might be cutting this part out because I just embarrassed myself. Did they do anything about those people? Like, this mysterious couple? Because what if it's, like, they're doing it and the the woman who's writing the letters... And the husband who's watching. Yeah. Right, Maybe that's... a tag team. Mm-hmm. Because mm. that's interesting. I don't know that they ever 
looked into that. They Do you ended, know if they did? I know they ended up looking into fingerprints, but they couldn't get any on the letters nor the... Yeah, nothing came up in the database. Neither the boxes, because so gone. many people use these boxes every day. They're never going right. to identify. So Yeah, they, they couldn't, couldn't find anything on the mailbox. Any. They couldn't find anything on the letters. What I like is as this started like getting out into like the mainstream media, the Westfield police ended up redoing the entire vest- yeah. investigation. Really? So they knew it may have been a female. So they contacted a woman. They asked Andrea Woods if she could provide a DNA sample, and they questioned mm. her 21-year-old son. And there was a breakthrough that either anyone had missed or simply overlooked. The watcher targeted another house. So... Yeah, this watcher is on, he's looking at multiple houses, and that's freaky. So, like the woods, they they threw the letter away thinking it was just a prank, but one of the grown children mentioned it on social media, so the families were able to get in touch with each other. So, what I want to know, and I think everybody else wants to know, is who is the watcher? It's so annoying because (laughs) there's just nothing. There's nothing. There's nothing. There's there's no trace of anything. And that's what makes cold cases like this so interesting. It's so weird. Um, How do you pronounce their last name? The Broadduses? Broaddus, yeah. They filed plans um, to demolish the house. Did they really? Yes, they did. Oh, the watcher did not like that, let me tell you. So... He was, like, invoking revenge at this point when he heard about the house. So he wrote an additional letter that says, maybe a car accident, maybe a fire, maybe something as simple as a mild illness that never seems to go away but makes you feel sick day after day after day, maybe the mysterious death of a pet, loved ones suddenly die, planes and cars and bicycles crash, bones break. So... He's not happy. <laughs> no, he's <laughs> not at all. Not excited about this. Oh, the neighbors don't have the view they want. <laughs> <laughs> Their favorite they're daytime gonna, television. It just said that um, they're gonna replace it with two new homes. So mm-hmm. then that would be interesting, like in a few years, to know if like the people who live in the two new houses get yeah, no. Is he gonna pick a house or go for both evenly? Go for both. <laughs> I don't know. So the Broadduses ended up opening up their own personal investigation into this, and they walked around the block with a picture of the watcher's handwritten envelope, trying to see if someone would recognize the handwriting from their family members, or maybe they received like a Christmas card or something with that handwriting and can point them in any direction. Yeah, they were desperate at this point. Yeah. And they... Um, the older man who lived behind them. I don't know if it's the same man as the lawn chairs, but... Lawn chair man. It most likely (laughs) is. So I guess he joked that his son... He said that his son joked that the watcher sounded a little bit like him. Oh. Which is just so unnecessary. Because a normal person... (laughs) They'd be like, oh my gosh, that's so scary. Yeah. Right. They wouldn't be like, "Uh uh-huh, it sounds like me, unless you're the watcher. That's exactly (laughs) how villains get caught. That's like like the do not do of villains. Right. That's just like, that's so 
that's so weird to me. Oh, here's some theories from New York Times. Ooh. Was it masterminded by the Broadduses themselves to get more money out of the previous owners? Interesting. But I don't think they would go so far into I don't spend either. money on a private right. investigator. investigator. Because they... If they had already lost the case right. from the beginning. They lost the, case, the, they lost the lawsuit against them. But they had to go through, buy this whole house. It sold for almost a million dollars. It was $900,000. And they had to put so much money into renovations. Then they had to hire a private investigator and then turn right back around and sell the house again. I know. And at one and point, they even like with their parents. At one point, they even tried to get like a guard with like military. Right. They tried. It's so, just so crazy. It seems unlikely that they would do this to themselves mm-hmm. unless they seem like crazy people, but they right. seem like somewhat normal people. Normal, yeah. I just think it's way too much money to put into this house just to try to get more money out of the previous owners when the money that you're going to spend to do all this is going to be so much more than what you could possibly get. And actually, the police department had a car sitting out watching the house. Well, they had the detectives in a van sitting on, on the boulevard. They were watching the house through a pair of binoculars just to see if anything suspicious happened. And they said that around 11 p.m., a car stopped in front of the house long enough for them to grow suspicious. He says they traced the car to a young woman in a nearby town whose boyfriend lived on the same block as 657 Boulevard. And the woman, the woman told the police that her boyfriend was into some really dark video games. <laughs> Which, yeah. Games and kids these days. <laughs> yeah. But according to the woman, one of the games had a specific character called The Watcher. Are you kidding me? It's them. It, so, like, yeah. that's what's so crazy to me. Yeah, so. Because then it's like, okay, he's just really too into this video game and he's taking it way too far. Here's something from New York Times. For some armchair investigators, the Watcher case has evoked memories of a brush with suburban horror in Westfield back in 1971. Did we talk about this yet? No? No. When John E. List shot and killed his wife, three children, an 85-year-old mother. He left the lights on in the house and organ music on an intercom system before he left town. The bodies weren't discovered for weeks, and Mr. List was not caught until 1989. That's interesting. Isn't that weird that, like, something horrific has happened in the same town? In the same town. And he was like, the the notes also talk about history. Yeah. Yeah. So that's really cool. Uh, Cool. Whoa. That's really 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 interesting. (laughs) Terrifying. Lovely, isn't it? (laughs) So back to that couple. Uh, who's the boyfriend played the video game. I guess the police, they did look into it a little bit, but I guess the boyfriend was living somewhere else at the time and was said that he agreed to come in for questioning on two separate occasions, but he didn't show up either time. Weird. Maybe it's like a little um, 
Yeah. Or what would you call that? Like your conscience or like your guilt. Your Guilty inner, conscience. Yeah, yeah, your guilty conscience. Like agreeing to come in. And then and like confess and then yeah. like getting psyched out the day of. Right. Because the the cops wanted to compel him to com- appear in court, mm-hmm. but they didn't have enough evidence to do that. They couldn't subpoena him mm-hmm. to show up. So they had to just drop it and move on because there was no way that they were going to be able to look into this lead any further because right. they couldn't get into com- him to come into questioning. They couldn't, you know, keep showing up to this guy's house asking him. So there was nothing they could do. Mm. So yeah. here it lies, just nothing. <laughs> just nothing. A couple cases that have been cut and you can't move on. Yeah, and now the family can only hope they don't get another letter. No, it's, it's just so it's the, crazy to me, especially now. Like Netflix bought the rights to the story, yeah. so they made the movie The Watcher. I suppose they're the really only winners in this case, Netflix. Yeah, basically. <laughs> what does Netflix lose? Conspiracy <laughs> theory. No conspiracy theory. Netflix is the watcher, Netflix and they planned this the from the start. <laughs> And we are either. there watching. <laughs> but it's because now, if they do get another letter, how do they really know that it's the original watcher and not someone who watched the movie and was read the articles, read the articles and was a little too into the story and is now trying to play a prank? Because right. that's another so now thing. Now that it's so publicized, like you're so never public, gonna figure out you can't. Is. Because now all of the evidence that you could possibly get from this point is tainted. Mm-hmm. And you can't go anywhere from here. At this point, the watcher's just crossing his arms like, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> He's not happy with this. He watches the movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he probably has it playing on loop all day long, just sitting there. He's like, I didn't actually do that, guys. He's probably judging it. Yeah, he's probably like, It's just I... a cool film. <laughs> he's probably like, um, actually, I never said that. I said this. Yeah. I remember right on that. <laughs> He's like, uh, I didn't call out the kids by name. I only called one kid out by name. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, guys, get your facts straight. Get your facts straight. He's like, actually, Rights I to brought Netflix. up. <laughs> He's like, I brought up the basement first, not the attic. This is false. I'd like to make a few edits to this movie. <laughs> he knocks on Netflix's door. Um, I have a few. He <laughs> writes letters to Netflix. <laughs> is this the sequel? He's like, yeah, I have some peer critiques for you. In case you'd like to listen. Send out, send out a revised version of the movie. Yeah. Watcher's cut instead of director's he cut. He films it himself. It just says commentary running the entire yeah. way. It's him sitting in his lawn chair watching the Brothers' house, watching the movie on his, on his iPad. And he's like, see, guys, I didn't, never, I didn't do that. And he's like, I would never wear that outfit. Here, I'll show you my drafts right here. I'll show you my drafts right here. <laughs> but, yeah, so that's the theory. What do you think, those lawn chairs creep me out. It's so <laughs> creepy because there's so but, many. I mean, people. old people do some. Yeah. Um, some weird things. Yeah. But it's just weird that in this neighborhood, there's so many people 
that they looked at as suspects because this is such a weird thing for someone to do yeah. and to have that many people that you can point to <laughs> and be like, yeah, it was probably him. Or maybe her. Or maybe her. <laughs> or maybe that old man behind you with those lawn chairs. Michael's weird too. Yeah. It's just very weird that there's so many people in the situation that could be potential suspects. Because mm-hmm. this is such a weird thing. Yeah. I feel like, was the couple with the video games young? They were younger, yeah. It was a fairly young I mean, couple in their assuming. 20s. They were, yeah. I feel like if they were to do some mastermind little crime stuff, mm-hmm. they wouldn't go through paper and pen in the right. middle box. I don't know. I feel like they would... Yeah. Find out I don't know. phone numbers and I don't know. Yeah, it's in I need to find out what this video game is. Find out what video game this is from and see if maybe there's like paper and pen notes <laughs> that <laughs> take place in the thing because this is just so weird. Oh yeah, maybe there's a certain like thing in the video yeah. game about letters. That's just it's so it's just so unsettling. My only assumption is this is some lowly individual who doesn't have much of anything better to do. <laughs> right. Just has so a lot he of free time. He goes on Craigslist, finds a house, and he's like, all right, this is going to be my life for the next couple months. And that, that's <laughs> really all we session. can guess. But aren't you putting yourself at risk for, like, getting arrested oh yeah oh yeah yeah maybe that's the thrill because that's why people people are are weird (laughs) yeah people are thinking they're like is it a prank is it real like what is happening for someone to devote so much of their life to this where they can like know these facts put so much risk into it Mm -hmm. it's just it's crazy because there's so much that that person could lose for them to like purposely or consciously make these decisions is crazy to me. All right, that's all we have for today. Thank you guys so much for listening and join us next time on The Conspiracy Team. You've been listening to the DY Media One Podcast, a production of the Dennis Yarmouth Regional High School Media Program. If you would like to explore other projects created by DY students, check out DY Media One on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and iTunes.